Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into a special bonus edition of Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman, and as we wait for Logan to break down the tape, we wanted to bring you some coverage of the Commander's joint practice with the Ravens. So the next two days, uh, as Logan's not going to get a chance to watch the tape due to some technical back-end stuff that we can't really control, uh, that's going to wait until Thursday. So Thursday morning, we will record a full breakdown my observations from being there, Logan's from watching the tape, and it's a lot of tape, by the way, because you got two fields going at once, Commander's one offense versus the Ravens' one defense, and then on down the depth chart, and then the, the Ravens' offense versus the Commander's defense on down the depth chart. is a ton of tape to get through, and so by the time Logan gets the tape, watches it all, we're going to record on Thursday morning, but we don't want to leave you hanging uh, the whole time. So best I can do with my eyes, uh, given that there's so much going on and you know, we're watching from the sideline. We don't have the replays, whatever. You can still garner so much. There is so much information to glean. And we compile that each and every day on the radio with our pick six at six. Six o'clock every day, we pick the six most interesting things from training camp, six observations from the day. And we're going to make sure that you have those on the take command feed. So without further ado, here is Tuesday's Pick 6 at 6. Be back tomorrow with Wednesdays and a full pod on Thursday here on Tip. It is time to pick the most important things through my lens as someone who was there today. Each and every day we do this at training camp. It is our training camp. Pick 6 at 6 here on the Hoffman Show. Six most important things each and every day at training camp. We start with, well, obviously, it's the joint practice and the practices themselves. Uh, How did they come together? And that is something that I was really curious about going into it because they've been so, you know, structurally different from anything I've ever seen with Eric Biennemi. Obviously, Harbaugh and company have been running their practice a certain way for a long time, but they've actually also got a new OC and Todd Munkin. The offenses typically kind of dictate how the practices go. But I asked Rivera after practice, like, how did this all come together? Well, the biggest thing is we communicated early on in the spring. Um, we put together a, a practice plan. We sent the copies back and forth to each other. Um, then we had the coordinators reach out to one another and talk about what they were looking for, what they needed to do. And uh, we were able to put together a, a pretty good practice plan, I believe. I think they did, and I think the practice flowed well. Um, there was definitely a little bit more standing around than I would say the typical commander's practice, and there was one point during a special teams period where, like, 
they were doing punt coverage and then they were doing some field goal stuff later in a different special teams period. And I just had to wonder with the offensive players not doing anything, was Eric Bieniemy just absolutely losing his mind at how many players were just standing around? But you got to practice teams. Uh, I mean, look, when it comes to special teams, I would default to John Harbaugh. They've been awesome at it forever. He's obviously a former special teams coach. Yeah, sure, John, whatever you want. Uh, we'll let you run those periods. Um, and so they, but largely it looked on the commander's offensive field like they've done. They had seven on sevens. They had, uh, you know, one on ones during the seven on sevens uh, for the offensive defensive line. They had 11s. They did situational work, um, but it took a lot of hard work and, and, overall a very very successful day one um if you want to say the thing that was not successful was you want no fights there were two and a half let's call it there was two legit on the defensive field where punches were thrown uh emmanuel forbes in the middle of that first one where he gets swung at and he swings back and you get a little bit of a skirmish and then Mark Andrews uh, tackles Danny Johnson for no freaking reason. And F.A. Obata is like, that is enough. I'm going to punch you. And so we did get another skirmish. Boiled over a couple times. Rivera afterwards, here's what he had to say about it. It was really good. Um, it got a little hot a couple times. You know, it gets a little chippy. And uh, we can't take it personal. You know, this, this really is not about me against you. This is about us trying to develop and work together as teams. I love that quote from Rivera. Like, Quit taking things so personally. It's not about you. It's about us. It is about the entirety of the team. Uh, and and for, if that's the message he gave to everybody, like, good. And it worked. Like, Rivera, after he and John Harbaugh talked to that defensive uh, field, so the, the Ravens offense, the commander's defense, there was no more issues. Uh, and there were no more issues on either field. The only skirmish, dust-up, near, you know, anything that happened on the offensive field happened after there's a late hit on Cole Turner. Terry McLaurin that got up in the defender's face and was like, nah, we don't do that here. Here was Terry on that particular skirmish and the, the intensity overall afterwards. Yeah, man. Uh, at the end of the day, we're just you just want to protect everybody that's out here. Obviously, they're trying to make plays. We want to make plays. But um, at the end of the day, we're going to protect our teammates. And uh, that's, that's what happens in camp sometimes. Things get a little physical, but, uh, you know, it didn't get too bad. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's just guys competing. But at, at the end of the day, we want to look out for each other's careers and make sure, uh, you know, we're not doing anything that's too over the line. Deron Payne talked about it as well, basically said, like, I'm here to get better. I am not here to get in fights. I'm here to work. And I think that is the mentality that the commanders have taken into these practices is like, yeah, we want to be physical. Yeah, we want to compete. We want to do all these things, but we're not here to, like, prove anything to anyone. We're here to get better so that we can win games in the fall. And there's a maturity and a professionalism about that that I think is fantastic. Look, I'm not saying the Ravens don't have that, but there was a couple times that they crossed lines today and there were skirmishes as a result. Um, obviously, the Ravens have been the way better team, done way more winning, so, you know, clearly they know how to do something right over there. And, uh, you know, that that is what it is. As for going into tomorrow, here was Rivera's message on what he'll tell the team to make sure things are squared away for the Wednesday practice. It can't be chippy. It can't be about yourself. It's not personal. You get beat, you get beat. You know, let's just move on to the next thing and let's focus in on what's happening, what's important. You know, we're trying to practice. Everybody's trying to get better. But, we, you know, that the chippiness you just can't have because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I, I think that's such a good uh, way to put it. It's like if you lose the rep but you win the fight, like what did you actually win? Cool. You set yourself up to not be any better on Sundays in the fall, and that's why we're here.
Um, so I, I think good job by Rivera putting that context in, reminding everybody the purpose of everything, and, and hopefully that leads to a positive result over the next couple of days. It'd be nice if Chase Young was out there. Young was barking during the, the fights. He also participated in individual drills. But number three on our training camp, pick six at six, is that Young continues to miss time. Here's Rivera afterwards today. We'll see, but for the most part right now, we're just being smart with it. Again, we've got to continue to go through it. He will come out and he will do his... Um, he will do all of the individual, and then we'll see what the doctors say or how they're feeling about it. I mean, at the end of the day, if he's ready to go for the season, he's ready to go for the season. But, like, damn, these are the two most important practices. Like, we can't say these are the two most important practices of the year and hype them up and talk about all. It's not even hyping them up. Just explain all the benefits and have them be self-evident as to why these are so talked about and so coveted. And then be like, eh, well, you know, it doesn't really matter if Chase participates or not, just as long as he's ready for the season. Well, like, yeah, being healthy for the season is better than not being healthy and, and doing something stupid. But, like, there is a huge cost to missing this. This is his only chance all summer long to work against not Charles Leno, not Cornelius Lucas, not uh, Andrew Wiley if he lines up on the other side, and not the, the tackles down roster as, as he might during one-on-ones or if there's a mixed period or whatever. Like, here's a chance to work against a Staley a Moses, like two of the better tackles, or in Morgan's case, a guy who's been around for a decade at this point in the league. Like, this is a really big opportunity for Chase Young to get live reps against another team, you know, operating a different scheme, teaching different techniques. And he's not out there. That stinks. And I, I, I don't, it's a stinger. Um, those hurt. They're, they can make you lose strength in, in whatever side. So, like, I think it's his right side, if I'm remembering correctly. But, like, he's not going to have a lot of punch in that right hand, uh, potentially. So, I'm not, I'm not saying he should just, like, suck it up and go out there if he can't actually be effective and, and it's not worth it. But, man, it, it really, really stinks. And I think you can even hear the frustration in Rivera's voice here when talks about Jan. We'll see. But for the most part right now, we're just being smart with it. Again, we've got to continue to go through it. He will come out and he will do his – um. He will do all of the individual, and then we'll see what the doctors say or how they're feeling about it. It's like a little bit of exasperation. I, I know you can't, like, I don't know. I felt like he felt more exasperated when I saw him and was there and could read his body language as opposed to just hearing it. Um, but there is, there's got to be frustration here um, for a guy that you have so much hope for that that you're looking at to, to be the guy that you drafted him to be, the number two overall pick. I, I had someone on YouTube, leave a comment the other day when we talk too much about Chase. It's like, talk, and he's named like some guys that are later round draft picks that you should talk about more. And it's like, I don't know. I kind of think talking about the guy who people were painting as a future Hall of Famer is pretty important. And so when you talk about the ceiling of where this team can be, he's a huge part of it. And again, this is not the end of days. If he comes back next week, if he, whatever, he's ready for the season, Okay, you got to be smart. You got to be safe. And I'm never going to go and, and poke at a guy who's apparently legitimately injured. But damn, this is a huge opportunity lost for Chase. And it's just the price of doing business sometimes in the NFL with injured players. There's not a lot you can do about it, which makes you feel that exasperated feeling. It makes you feel that hopeless feeling that you just wish there was some different path. Um, and there's not. Time keeps marching, and whatever's on the calendar is on the calendar, and if you miss it because you're hurt, you miss it because you're hurt. 
And that is unfortunately what is happening right now with Chase Young. Our training camp, pick six at six. All right, how did Sam Howell do today? Lots of different opinions on this, or lots of different input, I should say, on this. Uh, here's Terry McLaurin on Howell today and his camp overall. Yeah, he's really poised, man. I think he, he sees the field really well, and he's going to give us a chance to make opportunities on the uh, on the perimeter, which has been great. His timing, I felt like, was really good with us today as soon as we were getting out of our breaks. All of our receivers, uh, the ball was right there, and he gave us a chance to run with it as well. So um, I think he did a great job even when he had to improvise and roll out a little bit to still keep his eyes downfield and, and continue to give us the chance to make plays. So he's been the same guy since we started camping, since he stepped in at the last game last year. He's just really, really poised. I love you know, that word poise. Like, you know, we've talked about before on the show, you know, from the way he handled the Dallas game to – the locker room speech after the Dallas game to the way he handled the offseason to kind of what he's been doing now. And Sheehan asked me earlier today when I was on with him at noon, like, do you think there's any semblance of a quarterback competition here? And the answer is no, because Howell's been consistent. He's acted like the starter. He's performed like a starter. And we'll see how good he is as the starter. But there's just been no reason for him to lose the job. Like, Brissett hasn't done anything spectacular, although he's been fine. And I think head-to-head, -head, like, I would grade Sam out slightly ahead of Jacoby, not even accounting for the curve uh, uh, the curve of Howell being younger and having a lot more upside, Ember Set being this established veteran who is what he is at this point. Like, I actually think Sam's been as good, maybe even slightly better. And you see it in some of the things that Terry just talked about there, the improvisation, the improvisational skills. I did not say that right. We're just going to keep going. The improv skills, make it easy on yourself. See, I improv. Uh, and the playmaking, like where the ceiling is because of his mobility, because of his ability to throw from different arm angles, because of the zip. There's a ball today that he throws that I, I turned to, um, I think it was, uh, I think it was Zach Selby from the team. Uh, yeah, I was, I was standing over there with Selby and I just turned to Selby and I go, that's a pick six last year because if Taylor throws that ball with his velocity, Kyle Hamilton picks it, goes the other way, untouched for a touchdown. Howell gets back there and it's a quick out uh, or a quick spot route to Dotson and he rips that thing to the numbers and Hamilton whiffs on it. Like he just, he can't get there fast enough. Dotson's able to split him and the corner and get upfield a little bit. Like those are the margins and on a talent, like sheer talent level, He's got it. The The ceiling is so high. The question is going to be, as Jonesy said earlier uh, in the show, and as, as so many of us have been saying all along, is how consistently can he do it? Can he see the pressures? Can he make the right adjustments? Can he make the right reads? Can he actually execute the throws when he does make the right reads? Those are the things that down in, down out are going to dictate his success this year. And, you know, obviously helps that he got guys like McLaren who, you know, the connection is growing and, you get the ball in their hands quickly. It's easier for that connection to grow because, you know, he's he's pretty darn good. Uh, here's Terry on that growing connection after practice. Uh, you know, I definitely think it has. Um, you know, we're still in, in the middle of camp, and we still got some preseason, regular season to go. But I, I feel like we're building a little bit of that trust where you get some one-on-one -on -one opportunity, he's going to trust me to come down and make that play. And um, as myself, I just want to continue to give him that trust. You know, when you're going against a, a great corner like Marlon Humphrey and you're backside one-on-one, you got to win those reps so he can have that confidence in you. As for what Rivera saw from Howell today, head coach on QB1. I thought Sam did some really good things. There are a couple of things I, I, I'd like to see him speed his, his, his internal clock up a little bit. I thought he could have gotten rid of the ball a couple of times when he didn't. 
Um, but for the most part, he made some really good decisions, good throws. Um, I really liked the way that uh, the offensive tempo was. I thought their upbeat practice is what we need to do, especially against a, a good team like uh, Baltimore. That tempo doesn't come, by the way, without confidence. If he if he's not confident in what he's doing and he's not confident in the play calls and confident in where the ball is supposed to go and all those things, that tempo is not going to be there. And that's the thing that I still think is the biggest overall success of camp is Howell's command of the offense has been there, even if he hasn't always executed everything at the highest level. Um, as for that, that one nit to pick that Ron just talked about, the ball getting out faster, here he was when pressed on that specific point of how and how he grew with it throughout practice. Yes, and, and you know, because again, I think the, the security of, of, of the whistle um, is now off. And I think he's got to understand that. And, and he started to later in practice. Early on, he held the ball a little bit more than I think he should have. And I'd like to see him get rid of it quicker. You compete against another team, they might not be as nice as your own team, even if you got that yellow jersey on. And then certainly once you get in the game and you're wearing the same color jersey and you're just as eligible to be tackled as everyone else. It is something that a lot of quarterbacks do in camp. They, they just take advantage of that and they keep reading out the play. But um, I think the good news is, is when you see Sam in games, he did take one sack the other night. And that was on him, but it was on a pressure. It's very instant. He's got to get the ball out now. Like, that's a missed hot situation as opposed to he just held the ball too long on a standard kind of drop back. But on those plays, I think his internal clock's actually pretty good. And I think that's really impressive for a young guy to have that already at the NFL level. All right, two more notes. That was four things plus two. That'll be six. That's right, because it's our training camp. Pick six at six where we pick the six most important and interesting things from practice on any given day today day one of the joint practices with the ravens talking about it all here on the hoffman show on the team 980 um christian holmes continues to to really impress me uh had a, a good game the other night physical at the point of the catch uh, sometimes you'd like him to be there a little bit earlier and get a pass break up but at the very least he's there i did have i think one or two in the game the other night where he's able to get there right as the ball is knock it out um, as a couple other plays where he's right there to make tackles. And then you should see the physicality as a gunner. Today in practice, you saw that again. Uh, some of the best reps that the commander special teams like punt return unit have or with him guarding the gunner, getting good, good leverage, doing a good job, holding his ground. Um, but then you also see some of the speed and, and physicality on the other side. You saw him pop a receiver here. Uh, there was one point where I looked over and I was on the offensive field, but I looked up because I, I kind of heard the ooze start and they were between reps on the offensive field. So you look up on the defensive field and you see uh, one of the Ravens receivers. Um, it was actually it was Laqu uh, Laquan Treadwell. Uh, remember him? Laquan Treadwell, uh, old Ole Miss receiver. Uh, been in the league eight years at this point. Who knew? Uh, but he he was uh, running deep on a either a post or a corner. I didn't see where the, the route started, but he's coming kind of 45 across the field. And you see Holmes use some makeup speed and, and get there and punch the ball out, give a nice little, you know, incomplete. But not one where, like, the the, the quarterback overthrows the, the receiver by 10 yards and then the DB does the incomplete sign. And you're like, yeah, you just got beat and got lucky. No, this was an actual PBU from Christian Holmes. And so continuing to make plays, continuing to be around the ball, um, which being around the ball is not always the greatest thing for a DB, but because of the nature of, of the plays that he's making, um, Christian Holmes continues to impress. And that's why yesterday I, I definitively put him on the roster when we did our roster projection. And then last but not least, 
Last, last but not least, special teams notes. One, Cameron Cheeseman had another bad snapping day. Um, and I have got to remember to ask Ron Rivera about this tomorrow because today caused a field goal miss. Joey Sly missed one, and it was the snap was horrible. Tressway picked it, got it down barely, but I, it was hard to see, you know, in real time, those slow-mo replays at practice. But I'd have to imagine it affected the operation and because Sly missed it by a lot. Um, there's another low snap that that he uh, that way picked that was uh, a good field goal. Just you can't be having like he's good most of the time. Long snapper is not a good most of the time position. It is a no mistakes ever position. And I realize that is a really hard bar. And honestly, mistakes happen with long snappers probably more than you realize. But the holders in the NFL are so good that they make it look easy. But the consistency of bad snaps is not good enough for Cheeseman. And I know he's working on some technique stuff, but he, like the the time is getting short to have that that percentage go up and the mistakes to go down to zero in practice. Like this is this is not good. And and by the way, like if I was him, I would be like, Tress, I need you to go take a knee over there. Or I would set up some kind of mechanism. I don't care if you're snapping into a trash can. Like, you got to practice. Which brings me to the other special teams note. Justin Tucker is the greatest kicker in the history of the NFL. That dude practiced more today kicking field goals than I think I've seen commanders kickers practice combined in eight years of covering practices. Yes, the commanders did their live reps during special teams period. And it's a joint practice, so I don't know what kind of freedom they have to just do whatever on the side fields. Like, I'm sure if the Ravens, you know, on the fields that are being used, the Ravens would not be like, oh, you cannot practice your field goals. Justin Tucker went through a whole routine on the far goal post, on the farthest field, and then saw him kicking on a different goal post. They also had, like, the skinny field goal, uh, make it harder goal post that, that is in between fields. I saw him kicking there at one point. Like, this is the greatest field goal kicker ever. And he is practicing while the other players are practicing doing the thing that he does. It would be like if there was a basketball practice and Steph Curry was just practicing free throws on the side. Like, if he's doing it, if I, if I was a kicker and I had a joint practice with Justin Tucker, I would just follow him around like a lost puppy dog and do what he did all the whole practice. Oh, you kick? You Can I kick with you? No? Okay, what do you do? You do eight from here, five from here, four from here. Okay, I'm going to go down there and do it. Um, and then I'm going to come back like I'm a lost puppy dog again. I just, it just blew my mind that this dude, like, I'm like, oh, kicker, a kicker who practices. Well, damn. I don't know how rare that is, but it seems to me if Justin Tucker's doing it, then everyone else should too. That is my kicker rant. Bet you didn't think that that's how we were going to end the training camp pick six at six.